When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. This week on Horror Movie Night, we grow crystals, shoot mirrors, and puke guns with the impossible to decipher 70s movie Zardoz. We kill brutals, wear diapers, and get old together while Adam draws his beard on, Scott harvests grain, and Matt becomes apathetic. Actually, we all get apathetic. I think, at least. I don't know. I need another hit of Zed's sweat before I continue. It's helped me wake up. So this... So really, the person we have to blame for this is is Adam on two different levels. No, the person to blame is the entire community because they're the motherfuckers that voted to watch this shit. But but for starters, the idea of putting three movies up for vote by the community, Adam's idea, Adam's pick, Zardoz. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It does boil down to it being your fault. <laughs> it, doubles, you- it doubles down on you. Do you remember what the other movie was that I was going to try and make us watch? What Women Want. <laughs> yeah. Mel Gibson. The, the Mel Gibson classic, What Women Want. Okay? So you fucking thank me for Zardoz. No, because <laughs> no, I don't think What Women Want would have won. I think if What Women Want was in the running, you guys would be watching Sick and hating me. <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to be watching something next week and hating you, so... That's fine. Uh, but hey, you know what? This is my second and a half watch of Zardoz. I don't hate it as much now as I used to, so I guess thank you. I So my thing with Zardoz is kind of weird, which is like, I've never hated the movie, but I feel like it could be 15 minutes and I would like it the same amount as, <laughs> as the hour for five minutes. Like, there's certain moments that are super weird and I like it because it's super weird, and then there's like 25 minutes of you know, Sean Connery just like laying in a bed while characters just say things that I think we're supposed to understand, 
but just people people putting a rear projector on him and then speaking Spanish in his direction. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's like literally half the movie, like, and that's where the movie loses me. But you know, when you start off with a floating head with this weird drawn-on mustache and beard trying to explain what Zardoz is, and then there's a floating stone head that just starts spitting guns out. I'm like, this movie's fantastic. These guns <laughs> tasted terrible. <laughs> You know, you know what's so funny is that floating head sequence with Arthur Frayne or whatever yeah. didn't exist in the first cut of the movie, and they put that in for it to try and make more sense for the audience, in which it helps absolutely none whatsoever. I, I kind of feel like if you were to show someone this movie without that intro, it would probably make more sense than like whatever the fuck is spouted at you for the first two minutes of this movie. I had never actually watched this movie the entire way through before. I, I had rented it from a, a video store, so that's how long ago was the first time I ever saw it. This was the first time I'd ever really sat down and watched it the whole way through, and I really, really liked this movie. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why, because it, it is aggressively trying to make me dislike it. It, it. it goes out of its way to be absolutely ridiculous and nonsensical, and yet I still really liked it. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I spent a large portion of this movie thinking, how do you follow deliverance with this movie? Like, like this was the follow, this is the director's follow up to deliverance. Well, it was, yeah, supposed to, yeah, it was well, supposed to star Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Also, how much worse would this film be if Burt Reynolds was in it? Because I feel like that's kind of like one of the Hollywood questions that you can always ask, like how much worse would this film be if Burt Reynolds was in it. I, I don't think it would be that much different because I think Burt Reynolds would give a shit less just as much as Sean Connery does throughout this movie. Like, it, <laughs> there wouldn't have been any improved or or worse performance. It's just kind of like, yeah, I'm here. I'm wearing this weird diaper thing, whatever. I say Zardoz a lot. I'm going to I'm gonna look at my boner and then look at you and then look at my boner and then look <laughs> at you. <laughs> God, that was such... I love that scene. This oh is- my god, that scene is amazing. <laughs> oh, she looks so panicked that he is like, you tried to give him a boner. What are you worried about? You got what you wanted. What the fuck? Do you guys know what the origin is for this movie? Like how this movie even came into existence? Well, I know, I know that Sean Connery became involved because he had just finished up doing like five James Bond movies in a row. And he was like, oh, you know what? I'm getting kind of like pigeonholed into this weird sort of, you know, James Bond kind of roles. Um, I'm going to do an art movie. And he like basically didn't read the script whatsoever. Just gave it like a quick pass over. It was like, this sound artsy. I'll do this. <laughs> <laughs> the movie itself, like the guy wanted to do Lord of the Rings. Exactly. And, yeah. and the studio was like, ah, I don't know. And so he's like, fuck it. I'm going to write my own. Yeah, this was his rendition. This is what he interpreted Lord of the Rings, apparently. No, it's not a reinterpretation. It's he just wanted to do a, a strange sci-fi fantasy. Sci-fi, fantasy. Yeah. He should have well, done Kroll. <laughs> like, now, now, like, I, I hate it when we do a double episode like this. Because, uh, not, not a double episode, but uh, another podcast has done this movie before. This was done on How Did This Get Made? Right. And yeah. they actually I just 
to reference that they did play a good chunk of the audio commentary that the director made for this movie. And listening to that guy's audio commentary, like, 30 years after the fact is actually one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard. Like it's up there with the uh, total recall commentary as being just like perfect. Like so fucking (laughs) funny because he starts, he starts the movie off by going um, like, you know what? This, this could have been a lot shorter. This this could have been cut down. You know what? If you want to, if you want to fast forward this bit, that's fine. If you want to, you're the one that made this movie. Oh my God. Even the director, producer, and writer is like, you know what? You don't actually have to watch this if you don't want to. I'm so angry. My copy of total recall doesn't have a commentary track because I every clip I've heard from that commentary track, I desperately want to hear where just Arnold is explaining the movie scene oh, Paul, by scene. Paul Verhoeven cannot get a word in ed- edgewise <laughs> on that. It's so fucking funny, and it, it's like he's trying to give you insight into like you know like the special effects and what was going on when they were shooting. And Arnold is drunk and just wants to describe to you <laughs> what's happening on screen. <laughs> I think we all know that the greatest commentary track actually does involve being drunk, which is the Cannibal the Musical commentary track. <laughs> yes, yeah. Is the when only they... commentary track I've watched with a group of people, where like we just had people get together and watch a commentary track together. When they tell the story about Leanne and why they named that horse Leanne, <laughs> oh my god, that's too good. <laughs> so this this movie, there's not a lot to write about this movie, but uh. So there are there are three types of people in the future, right? There's there's the brutals, there's the eternals, and then there's the brutal exterminators. So the eternals are in, are they can't die, and then the brutals like harvest and are mortal, and then the brutal exterminators who are also mortal just kind of kill brutals in the name of Zardas. Zed- They're supposed to be stopping them from breeding, right? Like yeah, I guess that's like enough. It's enough. But they're allowed. To they're allowed to breed. No, they aren't because that chick that he rapes in the movie, um, and it's never really fully explained. But he kills her right after that what? scene. Like they, they are not allowed. They're not allowed to produce children. He just raped her for the sake of raping. That's her. awful. Yeah. Wow. Hey, um, funny little side note. This is too weird. I followed a link out from Imgur to somebody's Instagram, and what are they wearing at Dragon Con? But somebody's Zardos mask. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, that just happened. So Zed, who is uh, our main character, uh, Sean Connery, the, ma- the man who we just mentioned uh, raped a woman and killed her on the beach. Uh, <laughs> he, he also, it's, it's the worst remake of the From Here to Eternity scene. <laughs> um, Zed kills Arthur, who you may know as the floating head with a painted on mustache. And he's also the Eternal that controls Zardoz. And then he rides that head to the land of Eternals. Eventually, you find out that Zed was handpicked by Arthur, inspired by the book Wizard of Oz, which is where Zardoz comes from. And then they, you know, he he picked him to like change the world and put an end to the reign of of Eternals. And then I don't know. This movie's fucking confusing as all shit, but it's 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 all right. It's whatever. I I've seen it three times now i think it's basically just an acid dream that i keep watching and still don't understand listen this makes way more fucking sense than another movie that i can think of (laughs) that i just watched ricky moon or mickey rooney rip his own face off in (laughs) (laughs) for fuck's sakes (laughs) 
like honestly, it's it's way I like I didn't think I was gonna see anything more confusing this week, and then this came on. <laughs> Can we talk for one hot second about the point part where he goes into the vortex? He just kind of like has to step behind a, a piece of glass and then oh, pretend and he, like and he's he falling. Put- he puts his arms up and, he, and he's like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> as if he's yeah, about oh to like, jump into something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's too good. I, uh, I, oh, man, this movie's so fucking weird to me. Like, uh, there was so many times in in the movie where I was like, okay, you know what? I actually am kind of following what you're doing here. All right. I got it. Dead is supposed to be like your... You want him to kill you. Oh, okay, wait. You just aged half this guy's face. Oh, just now there's apathetics there. Yeah. Just, just the one side. They made him two-faced or some shit. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Okay, all right, all right. I, I'm, I'm caught up. I caught up. I, 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 oh, wait. Well, like, women are licking his sweat off of him to gain energy? Like, what? Oh, what the that was fuck? the weirdest part of the movie, I think. <laughs> where, where he, like, where he picked that girl up and he was going to rape her and then he realized that she wasn't going to, like, have any kind of response. So he, like, picked her up and just backwards tossed her into the hay. I was like, this is dangerous. Holy shit. <laughs> I like the idea that, that you were just super thinking, concerned. But... You're like, oh no, they might get hurt. Yeah. I... <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I was a little bit more upset by the fact that this movie has a very strong rape theme. Yeah, no, it's it's very much so. Like he's he's okay with hurting women, raping them, and shooting literally anyone that comes into his eyeline. The like hero just... of the movie, by the way. This yes, is the hero yes. of the movie we're speaking of. This is this is our protagonist that we're <laughs> you, supposed to be rooting you, for, you I might, guess. Yeah, you might be thinking that we're talking about the villain that we want to see die at the end of the movie, but this is the man we want to see succeed. And you know what? I guess we do see him succeed, but succeeding in this movie, uh, the benchmark is wandering into the woods with a woman that hates you and then slowly aging and dying. Like, like that's, that's success in this movie. <laughs> hey, they had a kid, though. They procreated yeah. Oh, my God. A a kid who gets up, awkwardly looks at both of them, and then walks off screen to do what? What Where is he going? What is he doing? Uh, Well, he's going to go rape someone on the beach and start shoot people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I took a woman in his name. This movie may have had more rape than Rape Squad. This tops out Rape Squad, Rape Tape, the tape that rapes. This is... This is, this movie alternate title is Rape Squad because this is fucking crazy rapey. They show that beach scene eight fucking times. They show that thing. They keep fucking showing it. Yeah, this movie really could have been shorter. I forgot how long it was when I put it on le- uh, the other night. Like I put it on Thursday night to start writing down my notes, and I popped that thing in at like ten thirty. And immediately regretted that decision. I'm like, oh, I thought this was like an hour and a half. And it's only like an hour and 45, hour 50. But man, that extra 15, 20 minutes fucking really burns uh, it out of you. Honestly, I like I put it on and I looked at the timestamp on it. And I was like, oh, an hour and 44 minutes. And then I sat there slack jawed with my fucking <laughs> mouth agape. I looked like the kid from Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. I was just fucking staring at the screen I, I, it blew fast it, it blew past for me it felt like a quick watch for me but i don't blame anybody that you know what i made notes for it and i stopped about halfway through the movie because one this is really fucking difficult to make notes for <laughs> and uh two because i was just enthralled with it i couldn't stop looking at it it was fucking crazy well i mean now this seems like a good a time as any to get into those notes the the few that you do have <laughs> Yeah.
this is notes for Zardas. Yeah, he mentions that he uh, the the floating head Arthur Frayne or whatever. He mentions at the beginning of the movie that he's a puppet master. So Andre <laughs> Toulon. <laughs> uh, and, and when he's like spinning out guns, he's like, mm, "Best I could do." <laughs> best I, I, I do was all out of leeches. I, I'm I'm back here in Ireland. I just got back from Egypt, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so wearing silk boxers on your head is a thing in the future, I guess. That's all I could think. Is that <laughs> they were wearing weird boxer briefs on their head, though. So the Zardoz head pukes guns like I puke puke. What I actually wouldn't give to take a ride in that floating head. Like, that's a life goal for me. That looks so fucking cool. Look at his weird crystal eyes. <laughs> Ireland. So this is what I want to know is how they... Or, or explain to me what the the people in stasis are doing in there. Are they like why are there eternals in the head? You will never. Or are those ever are those like are those eternals or are those brutals? And they for some reason are taking them back to the to their cottage estate for something. It, it, they must be renegades, right? Like they they have to be rene, but they're not aged or anything. Yeah, that's oh. that's another one of those things that. We'll probably never understand. Oh, no. You know what it is? You know when, like, when they're like, Arthur Frayne is dead. In fact, he's being reborn right now. And you see that little, like, fetus inside of a plastic bag? Mm-hmm. I guess that must be Eternals that they're growing in the head for some reason? Mm, oh, man. Fuck. I don't know where the Eternals would be growing. that Because that was my original thought. And then I was I was thinking about it, like, no. No, that doesn't work. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I mean... Here's your explanation. Right after that scene, we get a credit that says written, produced, and directed by. So you know it's you know everything's going to make a ton of sense. And it's oh, yeah. like, like, All you need to do is throw fucking edit it by in there, and you've got a nice cocktail of a <laughs> terrible decision. Yeah. That, that is always a fucking great sign for a good movie where you see wit, written, produced, and directed. So he gets, yeah, he gets to that like Irish countryside thing. Is this just like a pot grow up? Like there's all these bubbles with pot plants inside them. And yeah, I thought that those were pot plants too. I, I honestly God thought it was trying to say something about like drug reform or, or something like that, like the war on drugs. But I maybe it was. I, I don't know what this movie was trying to say. Oh, there's, there's only uh, one guy who knows what this movie's trying to say, and he's suggesting that you skip scenes while watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, one of my favorite lines is he, go, is he goes, my my amount of hubris for this movie was just astounding. <laughs> <laughs> they played this shitty, bastardized version of the Seventh Symphony throughout this entire movie, and I really, really didn't like it. It was kind of starting to piss me off near the end there. <laughs> if there's anything Adam stands for, it's the fine culture of classical music. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, I mean, no, but at the beginning, uh, literally, he'll draw a goddamn movie. line in the sand if you fuck up one of those classical classics. No, no, no! Come on, come on! It was like it was like the Polish uh, orchestra or something like that. I forget <laughs> what the credit said, but at the beginning of the movie, it was just like. Bah, 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 bah. It was just people going like that. And, and oh, fuck off. Whatever. Never mind. What is with that scene where they're in the bakery and he comes in and he just starts talking backwards to everybody? 
What I think the? it's just showing how smart everyone is because they're eternal. Yeah, they're just well, bored. They're just doing things to get by because they've been alive for so long that they're fucking bored. Also, are you really going to be that bored after 200 years of being alive? I don't know. I would. I don't know. I've only been alive for 30 and I'm fucking bored. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to learn how to talk backwards? Is that how bored you are? Like that was that was what was really weird to me. Like at the beginning of the movie, Arthur Frayne's like, "I've been alive for 270 years," and I'm like, "Well, that doesn't really feel like that long of a time." Like. Are you guys really? That's a problem. Like, what this? Yeah, come on now. I can I can definitely relate to the apathetics, especially <laughs> watching this movie. I'm like, ah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> there's that there's that scene at the dinner table where they like throughout the movie they 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 slowly realize that Sean Connery is actually like smarter than they are. I guess he's supposed to be like the perfect like evolutionary man or something. Yeah, um, that's too much for me to believe. Exactly, right? And May is like, you're physically better than me. You're smarter than me. You're perfect. You're absolutely perfect. And and then there's a scene at the dinner table where they're like making fun of him and saying that they should destroy him. And he just goes like, hey, you want some potatoes? (laughs) I'm like, okay. This is fucking weird. This is supposed to, he's supposed to be like a genius. What the shit is this? Like, guys, I, I'm not I'm not going to go to second level with you. I'm just not going there. Nope. <laughs> stop trying. Not going to second level with you. Oh, that's not from this movie. That's a direct quote from my high school girlfriend. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sure um, showed her, Adam. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, Woo. now you're going second level with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, little did she know, I'm smarter. I'm the perfect link in the evolutionary chain. I make really funny jokes about potatoes. Fuck that bitch. I'm all over. <laughs> this is actually like the last joke that I, or the last note that I have, right? And like, we're barely into this fucking movie, and this is where I stopped making notes. But uh, it's right after that, I won't go to second level uh, with you. And then he, he, they like give him like a psychic seizure or something at the table. And I, I just have a note. I says, I don't know exactly what Paul McCartney did to piss these people off, but he seems to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, it's it's fucking ridiculous, right? Like, and it only got weirder from there. But I just couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to put pen to paper and write notes about it because I was like, nothing I say is going to be more ludicrous than all the shit that's going on in front of my eyeballs right now. Like, this is just so insane. So, uh, I guess, thank you, community, for, for voting yeah, thanks this. thanks for a whole lot of nothing. The gun is good. The penis <laughs> is, is evil. <laughs> The penis shoots seeds. Um, when I was watching that, I guess it was yesterday, uh, when he goes, the penis is evil, the way he said evil, all I could think about was the antagonist in New Year's Evil. Because when he would be on the phone, he was always like, call me evil. <laughs> I feel like the penis is evil is like the song that Ichabod Crane never got around to writing. Spoiler alert. There's a new record coming out, and that's the title. Is it really? It's just going to be fucking Zardoz. Oh, my God. You know what I'm going to do is Zardoz has the most badass thrash metal logo. I'm just going to redo Ichabod Crane's logo to look like the Zardoz logo. 
and we're gonna do a Zardoz themed album. Just it's an gonna EP. Be crazy. Just a, no, no, it's gonna be like fourteen songs. They're all gonna be two minute songs. But if if, if wait, anything wait, wait. needs to overstay its welcome, it needs to be an album about a movie that overstays its welcome. <laughs> Speaking of overstaying his welcome, I do have one more question about Zardos. What is up with that scene where Arthur Francis shows him a book that's like, B is for bottle, C is for cat, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that he's learned to read independently just from looking at that book, and he's like he is exhausted. The, he's the ultra, like he's the he's like this ultra humanite kind of character where he he can learn super fast. Is that really the weirdest thing that this movie is trying to present to you? No, it's not. It's one of the least weird things that's in this movie, to be honest with you. But I I do want somebody to super cut. I want them to take that scene with him in the library and cut it with like the Arthur theme song, where it's like, having fun ain't hard with the library card. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I, the sad thing is that when he was like the Arthur theme, I'm like thinking of the movie about the delightful British drunkard. And then I'm like, no, no, he's talking about the kid's cartoon starting, uh, starring the, an aardvark. Yeah, <laughs> an aardvark, uh, the PBS cartoon. That he's there. <laughs> hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. A ska band had to have covered that song at some point, right? Like, that song was primed for a ska band to cover it. Also, I'm pretty disappointed that you haven't looked that up and, and, like, know all the words. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, so... Let's talk about what we watched this week besides Zardoz. So for, for weird-ass movie night, I, I've... Well, I won't even say forced. I didn't inflict this on people. This is this is probably one of the better things we've ever watched for weird-ass movie night. I introduced a bunch of people to Cannibal the Musical, uh, the aforementioned Cannibal the Musical. And that movie still is just as fun and delightful as ever before. I also watched a movie that Scott had recommended that I see almost oh a year ago. No one lives. Yes. Yeah. That, Finally. Yeah, that was a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun movie. Probably my favorite WWE film. Um, and that's something because, as everyone knows, Matt loves wrestling. I love wrestling, but I don't love wrestling films. Like most of their movies are pretty shitty, so this one was pretty good. They can't all oh, be what, suburban you were, commando. You weren't a big fan. You weren't a big fan of Hear No Evil with Kane or whatever. See you know? No Evil. <laughs> See No Evil. The yeah. sequel. So, so the Soskett sisters did the sequel to that, and now apparently they have another film that they did for WWE that is apparently incredible. It, I don't remember what it's called, but it's a prison film. Like it's starring Dean Kane, former Superman Dean Kane, as like a man wrongfully sent to jail, and then like. Big Show and a bunch of other wrestlers play the inmates, but like according to the review that I was listening to, there you go. According to the reviews that I read, like they wanted to make it like a shitty '70s Steven Seagal type 
action film. 80s. So, Steven Seagal did movies in the 80s. Fine 80s film, whatever. But they were well, like, getting getting Dean Kane in your movie is a good start. It's then. a good start. Yeah. Well, well, they said like casting wrestlers who are like lukewarm actors at best was probably the best way to successfully cre- recreate a shitty 80s direct to DVD, uh, direct to VHS Steven Seagal film. So I'm kind of curious in checking that out. But probably you my can f- watch that because I won't. Yeah, probably my favorite film that I watched for this week's edition of what did we watch this week was. Rewatching uh, the class of 1984, and my God, really? and talking about it all day. So I am good. the future. I am the future. I am the future. It's so good. I, I don't remember liking it this much. When you uh, didn't, you actually didn't. But it yeah. warrants a rewatch, and it makes it so much fucking better the well, second time around. Well, Scream Factory had their DVD or their Blu-ray for sale around uh, Chris uh, around Halloween. And it was like nine ninety nine for like the Blu Ray of of Class from nineteen eighty four, so I was like, oh fuck it, I'll I'll, I'll pick that up. I, I didn't totally hate the movie. It had a pretty sweet scene with a, a table saw, and um, I I really had a I had a really good time just rewatching it. Uh, and uh, I think another element of it was seeing it in that seeing it in that really nice Blu Ray picture. Like it, it really does look really cool and better quality than like the shitty DVD that looked like it was ripped from a VHS tape quality that I watched yeah. the first time around. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, it's a movie that has like a lot of really cool colors to it. Cause they're all wearing like these crazy purple fucking outfits and shit. Like they're always, yeah. Yeah. Like there's just a lot that I, I liked more the second time around and I don't want to spoil the ending for anybody, but, but, uh, that, particular like i won't say the final shot but like the final shot of the main villain or whatever just looks really cool on the blu-ray like just the like as crystal clear as it is it's one of my favorite um ah fuck it it's one of my favorite hanging scenes that i've seen in a movie in a really long time just the way that it looked with the mannequin and then the quick cut to like the actual actor is fairly well it's 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 so weird because his face looks entirely normal, and then uh, he punches him, and it cuts to him hanging, and his face is like this weird bloated mess that looks like he's been dead for three days. <laughs> like, when did that happen? <laughs> Why does he look like that? But that's all I've got. All right, so I um, watched a couple of things. Well, um, it's the mid-season break for Flash, Arrow, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Arrow is still nigh unwatchable because it's all about interpersonal relationships and i really couldn't give a shit about any of those characters flash is still awesome and it's it's really entertaining and uh agents of shield is really the best x-men tv show that never got made i love agents of shield it's awesome um i also finished megan i finished jessica jones like a week ago um it barely counts as a what i watched this week but yeah that was really hard to get through and i didn't love it um i'm glad that it was made because it levels some of the more ridiculous Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff with some grittier stuff, but um, yeah, it's just hard to watch. So as far as movies go, I watched The Collector on a whim. It wasn't very good. I really, I didn't like it actually at all. Did you watch the first one or the sequel where they go to his like weird warehouse? His lair. No, I went to the, I watched the first one. I was, I was considering watching them both, but um, after how lukewarm I felt about the first one, I kind of like gave up on it. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really get all that much better. It's too saw-y, um, but I think it was from the same people or something. So, um, or they wanted to do 
I don't know. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. I didn't like it. Um and then uh Megan and I are working our way through Ex Machina, um, which is really, really cool. I'll probably be ranting and raving about that in future weeks once we finish it, but we kind of like got through half of it and then shut it off for a while. You remember guys remember that uh Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie from like two thousand seven or something? Yeah. Yes. I, I loved that movie. I thought it was really entertaining. And I was looking on iTunes last night for something to watch. Um, so I was like, I, I really want something with a little bit of action, maybe, and but not super heavy. I don't want a drama, but I want it to be a period piece. I want it to be you know people in costumes and stuff. I found out that they did a sequel to that Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, and Rachel McAdams. Yeah, it was like a big theatric release. I The thing is, is if it was a big theatric release, I never heard a peep about it. And so we watched it, and it's fun. I, I, I don't know. It, Robert Downey Jr. and Sherlock Holmes is very entertaining. I wish that they would do like six of those movies because it's just hard for it's, – it's hard not to enjoy him being eccentric and weird. Adam, you go ahead and uh, you're, you're going to tell us about Krampus, right? Um, I am now. Have spoiler you free, guys... please. Yeah, yeah. Keep this spoiler uh, free. Do I have to keep it? Yeah, because I plan on seeing wow. it eventually. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, the people that I went and I saw Krampus with obviously do not watch as many horror movies as me, and therefore weren't so burnt out on the genre and didn't see a lot of the tropes and and the things like I saw in it, like I didn't realize that it was P like in Canada, we have a different rate. It's like, it's probably PG 13 down there. It's PG 14 yeah. um, up here. And I didn't realize that it was PG. I thought that it was going to be rated R, which I'm, I very much so would have appreciated if it was like, there's a scene where a character gets repeatedly stabbed like over and over and over again, like 50 times. And then he stands up and he has no blood. You never see him have any reaction. Some, somebody actually pulls a knife out of his back, but then it's never mentioned again that he just got repeatedly fucking stabbed. It's like he just brushes it off and forgets that it happened, right? It's because weird. it's PG-14 and you can't see the actual you know, inevitable result of somebody getting stabbed so i wished i wished that it had been more violent and and taken it to another level or been funnier because it kind of built itself even with just the concept right it kind of built itself as a comedy horror um but wasn't that funny either now it it's really if it's anything it's a christmas movie is what it is it's very much so a Christmas movie. It has those Christmas movie tropes and that that like let's all learn a lesson and be in the Christmas spirit kind of that's that's how These are all things that I'm not surprised by and totally okay with. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked to see this. That's the thing, right? Like that's not what I was expecting. I had my hopes kind of high for a very different kind of movie. Well you didn't know Uh, it was PG thirteen until you were like just about to see it, right? When I bought the tickets and the tickets printed out of the machine and I looked at the tickets, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, so, so, yeah. Same, it, same thing happened to me when I went to see Shark Night 3D in theaters. There's a shark in the pool. <laughs> well, just get out of the pool. But it's so nice. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, and and like I I I would like it if we can bring this back up again once you guys have watched it because the whole time that I was watching the movie, I was rewriting it as a better movie in my head. So I have these like two or three ideas for it that I think would have like really increased my enjoyment of it. Uh, but you guys will have to actually see it before I'll be able to bring those up. So, and just a quick for the, for the record, Sherlock Holmes two: The Game of Shadows was the 12th highest grossing film of 2011 worldwide. What? Yeah. Was How did I not was, hear? I mean, because I would have gone to the theaters and seen it. I love that the whole concept so much. Was was uh, num- was number one at the box office for a couple weekends. Uh, by the end of its theatric run, it was the ninth highest grossing film of 2011 in the United States and brought in, in the U.S., over $545 million. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. uh, honestly, Scott, it's weird that you didn't know this. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, really you know, weird. it really is because it's right up my alley. Like, yeah. it's, it's specifically a very... You, it's you a sequel have... to a movie that you like. <laughs> like, that should have been right off the bat, like, hey, I someone should I have at to, some yeah. point been like, hey, Sherlock Holmes is a sequel, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But here's the thing. You guys, you, you know the Berenstein Bears, like, multiple Earth theory thing that people talk about where... Yeah. It's like that. Well, it's like uh, that. That didn't exist, and then it just did. Here's here's hey. another thing that could have happened, though. That's very possible. They didn't put a two in the title. Like it was just like Sherlock Holmes colon the Game of Shadows or whatever. And yeah. uh, like if I'm looking at this poster, there's nothing about this poster that screams sequel to me. So it's possible you just saw advertisements and been like. God damn it, why do they still have that Sherlock Holmes poster up there? That movie came out fucking years ago. (laughs) No, that is actually a very good um, observation um, because I was like, Megan, they made a sequel. Let's watch the preview. And she was like, Scott, we've already seen this movie. I said, no, we haven't. She's like, Scott, we've seen this movie. We went to the theater and saw it. I said, no. (laughs) I was like, really? (laughs) I was so adamant. No, it's not. It's new. So so we watched the preview and she's like, wow, you're right. So, that, I, I but, but we need to bring I, I Megan. Per- we need to bring Megan on to find out if if you were right or if she's just like I'm just going to agree with him. So he'll shut up about this fucking movie. <laughs> I just prefer to think that Scott has like sequel blindness. He's like, hey, you guys remember that movie Gremlins that Joe Dante did? Did you know they made a second one? <laughs> All right. Well, that was Zardoz. I don't remember what year it was from, and I don't really care. I think it was seventy seventy four. I was going to say seventy three. So okay. Somewhere there, seventy three, seventy four, was Zardoz. We suffered through that. Thanks a bunch, guys. You know, you don't have to wait for us to put polls on the, our Facebook page to make us watch garbage, though. You can always just email us at hmnpodcast at gmail dot com and let us know what garbage you think we should be watching. We got some good. Uh, we got a couple good ones that came in this week, so I'm pretty excited to uh, sit through and suffer through some of those. Some of those in the near future. Uh, we've yeah, got we finally we've finally been getting emails yeah. on like a pretty consistent basis. So yeah. don't stop. Guys. Yeah, don't stop. Keep giving us suggestions. And even if you don't have a suggestion, you just want to write us an email and be like, you know, fuck you, uh, Adam. I thought Krampus was great for the following reasons. Or like, you guys are retarded. Zardoz doesn't even deserve you to talk about it for five seconds, let alone thirty-five minutes. <laughs> um, you know, let us know. Just, just. Let us know at hmnpodcast at gmail.com.
It was just people going like that. And, and oh, fuck off. Whatever. Never mind. Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 